So I don't think we have anything to talk about this episode. I don't think anything happened. Oh, that went over like a fart in church. <laughs> nothing. Like you guys gave me nothing. I was like, I was kind of pumped about this intro. I got nothing. That's what I was going uh, for. I knew you were going to expect something, so I didn't want to say anything. But uh, to not bury the lead, we have uh, my good friend Ryan Fugue with us. Uh, all things, uh, all things Islanders fan. Um, miserable Islanders fan, I should say right now. I am very miserable, but I've never been a happy Islanders fan, so. That's true. Is that a thing like most Islanders fans are just never, never happy? Yeah, basically, because most Islanders fans are also Mets fans and Jets fans. So they're just miserable every single day of the year. Just starved. I would say Red Wings fans are really close to that. But like the Red Wings were good at one point, but like everything else, like the Tigers aren't that great. The Pistons suck. The Lions are Lions are nasty. Hold on. Watch your tone, sir. I did. Yeah. I did see Jared Goff was throwing BBs. Dude, Arizona got Rick got a lifetime contract by the way today, boys. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> Andy's favorite dude in the world right now, Ryan, is uh, Motor City Dan Campbell. Just my favorite part is if Kyler Murray can only throw one touchdown against you, like you're doing something right. <laughs> what was the final score? Was boys, it thirty-two? Was it thirty-two something? I don't know. They won by fourteen, I think, or thirteen or something. I don't know. I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch. I thought it was eight. It was eighteen, I think. But was it eighteen? Oh. Yeah, I don't know what the score was. I was watching the whole game. I can't remember it. That's tough. I yeah, just didn't care to watch. Yeah. No, lost neither did all, Whatever. Lost in all of this COVID news would be the Fabry extension, which like crazy to think about, like how long ago that feels, and we haven't talked about it. Yeah, like a month ago. Just quick. Well, you want to do quick thoughts on it? Yeah. Right now. How do we feel? Uh, I thought it was a l- little pricey for my likingness, but it's only on a three-year deal. So it's not like we're really being pressed for money at that point. But I was hoping to get him if we we're going to re-sign him for under $4 million. But uh, otherwise, I like it. Uh, they see him as a key piece for the next three years, and I'm okay with it. Andy? Yeah, uh, kind of same thing. Like, I'm not too worried about the four million because we're gonna have a lot of cap space. Like when his deal's up, will we have to sign Cider? Cider will be signed by then, right? Cider would have been signed because he's yeah, yeah it's gonna be first year. Could, yeah, it'll be the it'll be the year before, right? So, right. so we'll still have like a decent amount of cap space. Um, well, I guess you have Bertuzzi in there if they resign him and Larkin, but. It's a typical Steve Eisman contract. It's short term, kind of like how we've been talking about from what we've seen of, of from of him before. Yeah, Steve short- Eisman loves three year contracts. It's just really and, flexible. Yeah. So I kind of view it as like it's good in the sense that I think it's good for both sides. One, the Red Wings get it's not a bad deal considering that Fabry is only twenty five at this point, and he'll expire. Right. He'll be twenty nine. So like you can't like he's not going to regress that much and it, and if it's like if he has one bad year it's a tradable asset and it's good in the sense for Fabry because it is a bit of an overpayment I would have guessed like three point five like it's not that much of an overpayment it's not more than a million overpayment no right, exactly um but yeah I think it just shows like where they see the winger situation like I don't think Fabry's ideally you're he's a second line set like second line winger like some nights but I think 
when we're good, I think a third line center, he's great. Right. Third I said center. That. No, third line winger, excuse me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Fugue from the outside, like how do you feel about it? Like, what did you think about it? I can't believe you guys got Fabry for literally nothing from St. Louis. Jacob, That's what he's blowing my mind. <laughs> Jacob Delarose. Yeah, like you, you guys just got Fabry and now he's a producer for you guys. Yeah, like literally there's no like that that trade is just hilarious because like it's you cannot be looked at anything but well, great. I mean, for St. Louis it doesn't look that bad though. They wanted to get him out and like get him a new opportunity. And I think yeah. there must have not been many bites on him, which is kind of surprising because he's like a young forward that has a lot of potential. And I think it was Jake, the injury the injury issue, I think was the biggest thing. Because he had two ACL injuries. Well, yeah, and they couldn't find room for him to play. Like right. the Stanley Cup final, like he didn't touch the ice really. So was, I think they just it, wanted to find him a new home. Yeah, it was more of a good guy move on the GM. Like yeah. he because I remember like when the trade happened and things happened, uh things went down, they were talking about where he doesn't like to bury young guys too much. He didn't want to bury them in, the, in their system. But he's also went to Fabry and said, like, we don't really have room for you. Like, we have a we have our core here right now. And they both – it was mutual agreement. Like, they both move on. But right. uh, it, was, it worked I out st- for us pretty I still, like, remember his first game as a Red Wing, and that's, like, one of my favorite games. Uh, two goals versus Boston, both power play goals. I yeah. Remember, I remember – One well. one-timer goals. Yep. Uh, I wrote. I wrote about. I wrote about the signing quick, but uh, obvious to unforeseen circumstances, that website no longer is, exists. You can look up anyone who's listening can look up Hockey Hound and see what happened. But uh, yeah, so that that article doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, I feel like looking at the future for the Red Wings wingers, you have like Raymond Bertuzzi as a pair, Verona Zadina, and then Berger and Fabry. Solid. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. solid. It's and not like. Probably- it's not world beater, but it's very good. It just stings that we have one righty and a pair of six wingers. Yeah, but like I, I kind of view like Verona and Zadina can kind of switch. They can both like shoot off their off hands. Uh, Fabry can do the same, but like, yeah, I, I get it. Like you want, you'd want more, a little bit. Yeah, they're am- ambidextrous. They can actually play both right and left. Wow. You know, actually, that. I, 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 forgot, I should have I should have threw in Elmer Soderblom in that article. I'm a little upset. I, I as as key member of the Elmer Soderblom fan club, you just scammed him. Fugue. Elmer Soderblom is a six foot eight, two hundred and forty pound winger in Sweden, and he is tearing up worlds. He's a sniper at six foot eight. It's the funniest thing. That is incredible. He <laughs> in twenty eight games is like a twenty year old. He has ten. Like I don't know. I think he's more. He's like. 12 goals in like 28 games is like a 20 year old it's hilarious he's so he's like he's like what he's he's trying to be the next john scott is what you're saying next michael rasmussen let's not digress that much i'd rather john scott (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna go a little bit out of order for this because since fugue we're fugue's here to talk islanders um we're gonna go to thursday and this came after the news that Literally, Fabry signs his extension, and, and as a gift to him, he gets thrown on the COVID list. <laughs> Along with that, uh, Michael Rasmussen, who coming off of his best game of the season, also gets thrown on the COVID list. Um, Might be his so best Wings... game as a Red Wing. Yeah, no, honestly, though, like he looked really <laughs> yeah. good. Uh, he looked really good. <laughs> but the Red Wings went back to you know, guess you guessed it, eleven and seven. Jeff Blashell's favorite thing. This is what he you know goes to bed by instead of counting sheep. 
he counts seven defensemen to drift off to sleep. Uh, Ned Elkovich's first game back in Carolina, and this game was the weirdest, like one of the weirder games of the year. Uh, I think what was the the actual final was five, five three. three, yeah. And we had Carolina playing with sixteen players due to their COVID issues and cap situation. Uh, obviously the Red Wings playing with 11 forwards. Jack Drury scored his first goal for Carolina. He actually had a really good game. I know, Grant, you're a big fan. You're you're a big fan. He's a big fan. Yeah. He's good. Uh, We had Brendan Smith coming back and playing against Brendan Smith again. Do do I miss Brendan Smith? Maybe a little bit. I don't know. I do. Uh, We had Larkin starting his hot, like his hot streak this week. (laughs) That pass by Raymond for the breakaway. Unbelievable. That's so Can, we talk about that? Can we just talk about that for a second? I'd love Absolutely. to just talk about that. You're going to skip the Sam Gagne snipe? Oh, I can't skip that. You're right. Uh, Sam Gagne, like, really good forecheck by Rowney on that play. And Sam Gagne gets it, like, walks it up front to spin move snipe on Freddie Anderson. You got to love that for the guy. How do you do? Fugue, as, much, as, as weird as it sounds to praise Sam Gagne, he's legitimately been, like, the perfect fourth-line winger for the Red Wings. I feel like he's been on like his eight, eighth team in like the past three seasons, and every single time his name comes up, it's like he's scored like an absurd amount of goals in like two games. I'm pretty sure he has 14 points this year. Is like primarily like he's played mostly on the Red Wings fourth line, which is pretty I good. I think he has like 12, but he's four goals. I know he has four goals for sure. I think he has eight assists. Okay, so 12 points, but. No, it was really it was really smart play and uh, really great play by Smith and Rowney. But kind of after this, like the depth kind of just dried up for Detroit, and whoever Carolina threw out of the ice just outplayed Detroit. I mean, obviously we had um, the really great play, the flip uh, Raymond to Larkin, but then kind of like afterwards, like we had like um, was it, oh, the Tony D'Angelo goal was the one that really stuck out to me is like the Red Wing Ernie just completely lost his guy in the D zone and D'Angelo's walk right in for the rebound. I don't know. What do you think of the Red Wings depth this game? Oh, um, not very good. <laughs> it was underwhelming for sure. This is like what we're used to seeing in the last couple of years. I just love that. Like the Red Wings defense has been such a problem, like at times this year. And when we throw out seven defensemen, it just makes it worse. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to remember the game. Yeah, this is a game that Osterley was horrendous in. Yep, that's what exactly what I was referring to. The Osterley on Jack Drury's goal. I can't, I can't remember. I was trying to remember the game. Yeah. yeah. Osterley was a train wreck this game. And I think they're trying to limit Stahl's ice time because... He played 10 minutes that game, okay. which I agree with. Because of he was just coming back. But that gave Osterley more minutes, which in the past I've liked his game, but it was almost like he felt pressured. To be really mm. good now that Stahl's back, yeah, just making dumb decisions, and he looked like he shouldn't be out there. I agree. Like, he was actually like, I think he was Detroit's worst defenseman that game. Yeah, and that's saying a lot when you have double D on your back end. It's true. Um, like, what would what do you guys think of Nadalkovich? I thought this was probably his worst game of the year. Yeah. I think it, his nerves of coming back to Carolina, like the 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 goals that the goal that really stuck out to me that killed the Red Wings, the Nina Ryder goal in the third, yeah, twenty seconds bad. in, the angle was it was an easy angle because Sider like got back enough where Nita Nita Ryder was shooting at the bottom of the circle on his 
he was he's a lefty so he's on the right side and like that's a that's a save you probably should make it's just a game that if you asked me before the game who was gonna win i would 100 percent with confidence say detroit was gonna win that game that was, it, that was a that was a layup it should have been yeah. 16 16 players and missing aho and treshikov two of those jordan players. stall jordan stall i'm just saying two, like their best two forwards yeah. are out of the lineup yeah, through all of this, like all the Red Wings COVID issues, like the first line and Cider have been intact. The most important players have been intact. Right. So like the like obviously obviously the next game is a different story, but like this should have been the game where we came out with two points. Yeah. Um, we also had the really nice like Bertuzzi, I thought kind of had a he had a rough start to the game, but I thought like this the third period, especially, he was really good. And in the second, he got his uh he got a goal, which is the first one in eleven games, I'm pretty sure. Starting to get into a little bit of a groove again. Yeah, yeah, and I thought he like started to get more engaged, um, and yeah, like obviously huge positives moving forward for that. Uh, yeah, Niederreiter had two goals for Carolina. I mean, I wouldn't say Freddie Anderson played great because I didn't think there was a lot of great chances. I think Detroit kind of buried their chances when they had him. I don't think they need a goalie to play great, right? Yeah, I've always thought this. Like that's why I thought Nedeljkovic wasn't good before he came to Detroit. You yeah. play in front of Carolina. You don't have to Still be good. good. I think. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a discussion here in a little bit. We're gonna have. A- okay. So. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I think Freddie Anderson fell off a cliff in Toronto, from being a really good goalie to now coming to Carolina, where he's got a fresh start going. And I actually picked him in fantasy this year, thinking he's not that good anymore. But knowing yeah. that he plays in front of a Carolina offense and defense, they just don't give up a lot. And I was like, he's going to have a really good save percentage and win a lot of games, which he has. Yeah, yeah. there's there's been a few games actually this year that was unreal or uncharacteristic, sorry, from Carolina that I've just been like checking in. For Freddie's face, like 35 shots, 30 shots. I have, yeah. And, and, and they still win like 3-1, 4-1, you know, like – so he's, it's not that he's, I think he's just. They're just not able. as high danger of chances as the Leafs would give up. Right. And then like when he was in Toronto, he'd be facing 35 shots on a, on a slow night. And there were 15 of those are high scoring chances. And yeah, you know, don't even like, get, don't get, don't get fugue started about high danger chances. <laughs> That's the thing he hates the most for stats right now is analytics is high danger chances. <laughs> Uh, you, you want to you want to touch that a little bit because you were pissed this like last couple weeks. Well, because everyone's saying that Jack Campbell's a better goalie than Thatcher Demko, and that's just yeah, not that is true. just not true whatsoever. But Jack Campbell has a higher goal save uh, expected above average or whatever the stat is than Thatcher Demko. He's like middle of the pack, but that's just because Demko faces like twenty high danger chances a game, and he mm-hmm. lets in ten, so he has a terrible save percentage. Like it, it it's not right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I st- – I, like, I, I kind of stand in the middle there. Like, especially, like, I knew that Thatcher Demko was a better goalie than Jack Campbell from the start of the year. Jack Campbell was not a heater, though. So that's, I, I picked, I picked I him as a third goalie. I still think Jack Campbell is horrible. He's not good. That's false. I, I don't think he's good. I think he's, I, a, actually, I, think, I think he's a pretty good – I think he's a pretty good goalie. I, think I, he's, I, think, I don't think he's number one. He needs a supporting cast, but I, he's a one B for he's, sure. He's not. A, he's for, not a number one. He's. I he's think a he's tan, a starting goal. I think he's a starting goalie. He's a. I think he's. I think he's a. Yeah, he's a one B goalie, or oh, a solid. I don't know. Or, or or depth or depth backup goalie. 
but you can't get a better guy than Jack Campbell. Like, and yeah, this is why. I'm so, so we su- okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. So, so we, we called we called Thomas Grice a one B goal at the start of the year. If you close your ears, I'm sorry, but like, do you think Jack Campbell is better than Thomas Grice? No. What? <laughs> I, I don't know that I, he is. I think I think I, 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 think I Jack love Campbell. Jack Campbell. After watching the I Toronto so. series, I love Jack Campbell. But Jack just, Campbell's better than Thomas Grice. I'm sorry. I dude. think he's. They're both tandem goalies. Hugh's losing it over here. He's fuming. They're Jack Campbell's not goalies. that good of a goalie. He's just, thank you. <laughs> like he's just playing on a very good team, and as much as we, I'm but sure he's we also all making Toronto, those saves that they need. Yeah, like he's as making much those we saves all they hate need, Toronto. So. Yeah, that's true. We do hate Toronto. Yeah. Their defense is probably better this season. They're not just leaving them out to dry. They're a better team overall, so he has less work to do. I suppose. Uh, I don't know. I've watched the few games. I've watched the Leafs games. He he's kept them in there pretty well. And same thing as when he was on. Like, I mean, it was the Canadian division last year, so it was like a shit show. Like it was terrible. But was when he, yeah, like it was a joke. But like, like what same same scenario as Freddie? Like you be out to dry, and he's making those saves that they needed in order to win those games. And he's done that a decent amount this year. I, I'm more. I want Garth on this one. He's a, he's better than Grice for sure. I'm not saying that he isn't better than Grice. Actually, I might be saying that. <laughs> You're definitely saying <laughs> they're that. Both, they're both tandem goalies. That's all I'm going to – Yeah. I'll keep it at that. <laughs> I agree. I don't agree. agree. I, agree. I, don't, I don't agree. So, like, I'm, like what Fugue I'm, brought up, the Thatcher-Demko thing, Thatcher-Demko is one of the best goalies in the league right now. I mm, – Yes. Is he I making those saves, though? You see uh, these, ga- these last couple games he's played oh, for he's Vancouver been, he's been... under better, better managed team play. <laughs> Yeah. Look how good he's doing now. And he was doing good before that, too. He was, And in, his team in front of him was dog shit. Like Vancouver. Bruce, there it is. Terrible no. chant. Oh, that was terrible. Okay, yeah, really? Like, I love it. I love it. it it's, it's comical, but like, it's just terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. But, uh, okay, but to my point, though, like, Toronto's still not a defensive team. They're playing a little bit better defensively, yes, but they're not a defensive team at all. Like they rely on, they'll, they'll go out there kind of like the 80 Oilers and win a seven, six game. And they'll be happy about that. I've noticed it less, like more like the past couple of years, less of that set. Like I'd say when Matthews first started, I'd agree with that statement. Right. But, but like, that's, that's still how they, they win games. Cause their, their team is built for offense. Like they're, they're playing better. Like don't get me wrong. They have like Jake Muzzin and Hall. Mm-hmm. That Hall are sucked this, down. He sucked this year. Yeah, like, but he's their shutdown guy. Yeah, so right. Exactly, quote, unquote, exactly yeah. my point. So, really, they have Muzzin as their shutdown guy, and mm-hmm. Campbell's getting the job done, and he's playing really well. And yes. he's, I probably should be got, talking about goalies because what what the hell do I know about goalies? I that's why we have a goal. That's why we have a goalie on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we brought in Ryan Fuke. That's we should, We all should be talking. Let's have Fuke break it down for us. Just because like, he's on my so side. So, like from an Islanders' pers- perspective, like. I wouldn't classify Varlamov as oh starting goalie, but he definitely is capable of putting up starting goalie numbers throughout the season, like he did the past two years. So, like, I wouldn't call Jack Campbell a starting goalie, but he's definitely capable of filling that role in between starting goalies that a franchise yeah, so, should have. Ah, so the Red Wings, so the version of Jonathan Bernier. The Red Wings had yeah. Jonathan Bernier. They yeah. That's why, that's why I put him as a one B or like okay. a solid like like on a depth on a deep team you can put him in as like kind of like what Pittsburgh had when they had Murray and Flurry 
when Murray was hot, obviously, mm-hmm. like he could be that guy you can rely on in those certain scenarios. When he get, especially when he's getting hot, like Murray's still doing really good. Yeah, in Belleville. He, yeah, who, who? Yeah, yeah. Who said he's not hot still? Uh. <laughs> all right. Uh, to wrap up this game quick. Uh, Raymond is fourth all time in t- as a teenage winger in points in through thirty games. Uh, the other guys are. Gay Stewart, never heard of him. Patty Kane and Sylvian Turgeon. I mean, just more records. Our rookies keep breaking. I love saying stuff. I still, I love, I love bringing up stuff like this. It's fun. Stay uh, hot, let, Stay hot. So then we go to Saturday against New Jersey, and all shit hits the fan. I, I wasn't convinced this game was actually going to happen. I was even when they're lining up for puck drop. I was like checking on my phone. I'm like, is this is mm-hmm. this going to get postponed? Like. <laughs> So we had uh, Carter Rowney, Giovanni Smith, Nadalkovic, Jeff Blaschel, Alex Tangay all go into protocol. I think that, that was the. I think this is the weirdest group that has been posted on social media to go into COVID protocol at the same time. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so, like two thirds of our our fourth line, our starting goalie, and our head coach and assistant coach. Yeah. What? <laughs> um. So the red the so the Red Wings called up. Uh, it was Pickard. Uh, Chris Cole, uh, Chris Cola was already called up, I think. Barbara. And Barbara, Barbara was called up. Hiroshi was already called up as well for the Hurricanes game. And we also called up <laughs> Ben Simon and Todd Krieger to help coach. So oh, that was fun. Yeah, so, great. Yeah, Ben Simon it was the head coach of the Red Wings this game. And yeah, I, I know, I know, like, uh, Blashill, uh, was probably coaching, like, actually behind the scenes, like, on, like, Zoom or whatever. Yeah. But all I all I gotta say is uh, Dylan Hatrick, Dylan Larkin Hatricks under Jeff Blashell zero, four hundred fifty nine games, one game, one hat trick under Ben Simon, and thousand percent win rate too for him. Yeah, we should so, fire Blashell and hire Simon. Yeah, Ben Simon needs to get call up. Uh, it was pointed out. I think it was. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what the Twitter account is. It's uh, Oh Valeno on Twitter tweeted that. I sent that in the group. I thought it was hilarious. It was really funny. Um, but obviously, like, we had Eisenman's discussion with COVID. Um, I mean, we can get into that later. But, um, yeah, like, with everything going on, all the protocols and stuff, like, the numbers are absolutely insane in the NHL. But that can be, a, like, a discussion afterwards. Um, but this, the start of this game, but we had Riley Barber get pranked by Bertuzzi, I'm pretty sure, in warm-ups. Andy, you saw that, right? I don't know if I did. Uh, Barber, so they wore the, they wore the home whites this game. And Barber went on, went in for warm-ups with the red helmet. Oh. <laughs> and Bertuzzi was giving it to him, like, in warm-ups, like, just chirping him. So I'm pretty sure Bertuzzi was the one who, like, switched him. Yeah. So it was really funny. So Barber looks real funny, like, only one skating around in a red helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stand up somehow. Yeah. Um, and I thought, like, honestly, like, one of my positives from this game was the fourth line, which was Taro Rossi, Kyle Criscolo, and Riley Barber. Legitimately, I think if I like look up their course, yeah, I'm pretty sure they carry the play most most of the game against the Devils when they're in the ice, and like they played a decent amount. They probably played like ten minutes each. Pretty decent for a call up line, basically. But yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, like we got carried by our first line, which you know, surprise, surprise, has been the name of the game so far this season. But um, when you have your whole, basically, your whole middle six just obliterated to COVID. Right, and you're kind of just hoping to fill in spots, and the Red Wings did that. They won. 
Um, we had oh, also Zadina was put on protocol before this game. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. That's that was right. that's right. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we had three guys in our middle six get put on protocol, and that that was a dinger for me too because that fantasy hockey's been a mess for us right now. Yeah, yeah. I was. I had sorry. nine guys. I've had nine guys on the protocol list. Literally, I'm, like, like, I'm so pissed. I had I had six guys play all week, and one of them's a goalie, and he's played one game. I had the same shit, and I picked up Zadina right before the Devils game because I'm like, he's so overdue. He's going to score tonight, and I'm playing against Garth. I'm like, I kind of need to win this week. You're losing, uh, by the way. Yeah, I, well, I know. I'm, I'm getting asked. smacked. But uh, <laughs> getting slapped. I, pick up, <laughs> I pick up Zadina, and yeah. Nope. Yeah, no, Pro- it's been protocol 20 minutes later. It's been crazy. Um, I love, like, also to start this game, we had Mickey Redmond saying he's like, everyone just needs to stop bitching about this stuff and just play. On like live television, like as the game, like right before the game's about to start, just says bitching, like on broadcast, just doesn't care. Uh, Emma was in the kitchen and she's like, "Did he actually just say that?" I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, he says whatever he wants. It's it's pretty great." <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Um, but yeah, we had Osterly was playing third line wing this game, so he got a promotion from seventh D to third line winger, which I thought honestly I didn't think he played that bad. In circumstances, I want. I, wa- I just like I said, I didn't watch the game last night. I was in Canada. I wanted Wachowski so bad. <laughs> Give me winner. Give me winner. We're overdue. We have we have so few. We have a bet going that, or Andy thinks that Wachowski will play over five. Like he'll play over. We have an over, over was, under four and a half me. games. That, that oh, you me. have. I just hope it happens. <laughs> it's. I'm the only one on this bet. Andy's just. What, he's just. Wachowski was called up. He was called up for two road games last week, but he didn't. He didn't get in. But it's a, it's a damn shame. It truly is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, obviously Larkin hat trick his first of his career, which I thought was really weird. I can't believe he didn't have a hat trick before this. Right. Um. The first one coming off of the silliest pass from Horonic. Off, off the, oh, off yeah. the end boards, and the the goalie for the Devils, who's only playing in his second career game, Schmied, I think is his last name. I'm not even sure. Goes to play the puck, falls, and Larkin has a wide open net. Really similar to the Stuart Skinner fuck yeah. up from like when we played Edmonton. That was yeah, literally shades of that. And Larkin was just laughing. Yeah. Um, and then his second goal was a really sweet setup by Vlad. Oh, pass. nasty pass! I'm working. I'm working on an article soon about like how good Vlad's actually been for the Red Wings this year, and it like he's legitimately been like probably our best, like most consistent member of the middle six. Yep, hundred percent. He's been great. Um, and then the final, uh, the Larkin hat trick goal was uh, Kyle Criscoldo's first NHL point, and Larkin his patent like he goes forehand backhand or no backhand forehand goal which he always does in the breakaway he did yeah. it against arizona this year he's done that quite a bit in his career he did the, i know he's done that at four, in, against bob a few times doesn't the shoot uh, all the time yeah he does yeah. Yeah, it's his move um yeah no really cool moment and grant we joked about who's gonna get the puck after this game yeah we have kyle criscolo first nhl point ben simon first nhl win as head coach and dylan larkin first career hat trick is that todd creatures first nhl win as an assistant coach too it's true, yeah. We can even yeah. throw that out too. We gotta split the puck in four different slices. We can go Thomas Grice first first win in I don't know how many games. 
Thomas Christ actually looked good this game. Like he, he was happy. That first was, goal, that first goal was horrendous. Oh my he, god, he, that was such a bad couple, goal. He made a couple. Jack really Campbell would have had saves. that. <laughs> See, that's one goal that I think Jack Campbell actually. That's one goal I think Jack Campbell actually would have let in. Yeah, Jack Campbell has a tendency to like stop letting like, really big. Like remember Jesper Kukaniemi's goal in the playoffs. That was the yes. worst thing I've ever watched in my life, and that was the Brennan Gallagher. The Brennan Gallagher five hole goal is another oh, one I yeah. think of as well in the playoffs. From the um, but yeah, Thomas Grice, he he bailed out the Red Wings like the first ten minutes of the game. Like the shots, I think were like seven nothing at one point for New, New Jersey, and it was really not looking good. And then the Red Wings really picked it up. But yeah, that goal by McLeod, really bad goal. And I, who scored the other goal for New Jersey? Oh, Mercer on the shorthanded goal, that which was, was just. That was hilarious. So, I need. I'll, I'll talk about Cider in a little bit because, like, he, well, he. I have plenty to talk about him, like right before this. But as soon as the first unit gets off the ice after playing a full, basically a full five on three in power play before that, the second unit comes on for ten seconds. And as as like the middle six has been, you know, imploded, the second unit's garbage. And immediately Dawson Mercer, who's been really good this year for the Devils, like gets a breakaway. He's on a cold streak too. Yeah. He yeah. Is. I really liked uh, Mercer's been like a lot of fun to watch though. Honestly. Well, he's been I think, he got he got fucked when Hughes came back because he's not playing with like Jesper Bratt and Andreas Janssen anymore. And that line right. that line was the second line, and they were just Belly. filthy. If like like looking at like like a Red Wings rebuild, if we had like Dawson Mercer with Larkin, like that'd be such a good one. That'd be a solid one-two punch. Yeah. And like when you're looking at the Devils, like you have, they have Heischer, Hughes, and Mercer as your one, two, three. That's really good. That's really good. And young, yeah. And young, yeah. It's exactly it. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to pay up for those guys. It's gonna be interesting. Excuse me. What did you guys think of uh, the black jerseys? They're horrible. They're pretty bad. I think they're I get, better. I, well, I they're, they're better, better when the whole uniform is out there, but they're better. They're better when I first saw them. They're better in light of the Nashville jersey as well. They're yeah. worse. Like all- they're they're worse than I thought. Really? Yeah, they're. I horrible. thought they're. I thought I thought they're bad, but like they're not. They, I actually like puke fugue, in my mouth. Fugue. They're they're very similar to the Black Islanders jerseys, which were atrocious. Oh. Which is why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they look so similar to the Chicago Blackhawks Winter Classic jerseys from one of the 35 Winter Classics they played in. I think it was 42. Two. They've been in. Oh. Yeah, that's the the NHL just loves throwing the Blackhawks open <laughs> classics. They they just can't help themselves. Yeah, well, I mean, and then they a, they literally we had the Winter Classic for what like five seasons before they created the Stadium Series, and that they just wanted an excuse to put the Blackhawks <laughs> every year and outside Pittsburgh. and Pittsburgh too. I mean, and the Pittsburgh. Wings have played a, the Wings have played a, their hand like their share of outdoor games too. Hasn't the Islanders only have played in one Stadium Series like like not even a Winter Classic off the top of my mm-hmm. head? Yeah, we played in yeah. one. That's a weird game. That's weird to me. That year. The Rangers well, played two of them that year. Yeah, so the Rangers <laughs> played the Devils and they played us, the Islanders. But then yeah. for some reason, we didn't have an Islanders Devils one. They just said, screw that. We want the Rangers to have two games. Well, it's all about, you know, it's like a uh, tiny market, New Jersey and Islanders. We don't care about you. Basically, yeah. Yeah, they said, it's the same yeah, way Sean. how uh, they had a Rangers Sabres winter classic at. Um, City Field, but the Sabres were the home team. How does that make sense? You tell me. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I did not realize that like that was the case. I didn't remember that. I didn't know that. I didn't even. I know remember that. they played against each other, but ugh, that's so funny. 
uh, I could go on and on about Chicago and like all the big, like all the stupid market teams that get all of the games. I understand they're the big market teams and like they need to be on TV, but I don't well, know. Well, they're old. winning then too, so. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And the Red and the Red Wings were getting worse. Like as soon as the Winter Classic came around, like the Red Wings were declining pretty fast. The Red Wings yeah, got two Winter Classics. They had two Winter, yeah, classics. Two winter classics and then two One outdoor games. Oh, two nope. yeah, two other outdoor games. They had the Centennial well, Classic. Yeah, and then the Stadium Series against Colorado. Yeah, that was a fun game. Brad Richards scored. I remember that. Brad Richards yeah. was the Red Wing. That's a funny. That's funny. That's funny and all on its own. I can keep going on about that, but I won't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, damn, he looked good this game. Yeah, uh, he is. His first goal was. Uh, I'm gonna switch off Tyler Bertuzzi and go to Mo Sider for a second, but that play by Sider at the blue line was honestly like one of the best plays by the, by Red Wing this year. Is that what? Like, I I didn't watch. I only watched highlights. But I, um, is that the one you threw in the text text in the group chat saying like we don't yes. deserve Mo? Okay. Yes. Yeah, we don't deserve him. He like cut through the neutral zone and he waited for three guys to come onside while holding the puck still, not dumping it in. Danced two guys and then like faked out, faked a pass on his forehand, went backhand and threw it to the slot where Bertuzzi buried it. Beautiful. Yeah, that was so sweet at the blue line. Especially oh, like so the, the little mohawk, the quick stick handle, then right through the guy's feet. And then Bertuzzi literally just nipped. Oh, it was so nice. And then Bertuzzi's second goal was after he took a weird penalty. Uh, I thought it was a little weak. I thought it was a weak penalty, but whatever. That was weak. Good. He was digging at freaking Grice. That guy should have been dumped long before that. He That's was the saying, one. He was the one against Vegas that Leonard was going after too, right? Yeah, Gertz, Gertzden or whatever. Yeah, whatever I wish his name Leonard would have kicked his ass. Leonard would have. Leonard's insane. Yeah. Oh, he's an animal. <laughs> Dude, I, lo- I love that man. Didn't, yeah, uh, awesome. didn't Gertzden uh, tell Bertuzzi to go get vaccinated or something? Yeah, yeah. that was yeah, that was that tweet <laughs> or the not the tweet <laughs> the um the shirt, which yeah. I think is kind of funny, but like also it's like a, it's kind of old at this point. Yeah, uh, it yeah. it's funny. It's it's a little bit funny, but also like, all right, all right. It's a yeah. soft truth, is what it is. It is that's, a soft. That, that, the, that is the correct take. You have nothing else to say to him, and then Bertuzzi just goes back and scores again. Like, yeah, yeah. he literally scored right after this. So Fugue, he's like, going to the box at this point, and as soon as he got out of the box, he scored for his second goal of the game. I saw a bunch so of like, tweets like uh, about how this guy has. I don't know. Everyone was like, chirping this guy. On Gertz, Gertzen guy. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know his name, so that's. You know, you're like not, he, he's, he's like the Luke Wikowski. Like, he doesn't have a position. He plays, like, third pairing, and but also he plays fourth line. Yeah. Yeah, he's just yeah, not as like, good as Witter. I feel like he tried to uh, – yeah, no, Witter's goat at that <laughs> at that role. But I feel like he tried to be in, like, Matt Martin against uh, Drew Miller kind of type of deal. Like, I'll go dye your hair. That one's funny, like, though. I, that, I, was, that, one's that one's actually funny. funny. That I one's funny, but I feel like he tried him. being like that, and it just – did not go over well. I'm not gonna you know, lie. Like, Being a Red Wing fan and like actually not minding Drew Miller at one point, like oh, uh, I never understood why. Greatest, he w- that's probably the best trip in NHL history. That <laughs> I, I never knew why Drew Miller decided he was gonna like. You know what? I'm gonna dye my hair. Cross the tips, baby. Nice. Uh, Fugue, you remember that? I do. Yeah, Matt Martin's just—he's a beauty. Yeah, yeah he's, I love. Matt I love Martin. his. He's he love his dogs. He's got. I'm a big Rottweiler fan. He's got two Rottweilers. Love that. Good stuff. It's weird that I know that he has two Rottweilers, considering I'm I didn't even know fan. he had two Rottweilers. Yeah, so. you kind of creeped me out. I'm a right, Rottweiler fan. Uh, him, and, him and Adam Ernie, him and Adam Ernie both have Rottweilers. That's first. Why, you, know, you know, Drake Bell is from Ohio, and now you know Matt Martin has two Rottweilers. 
I love it. Yeah, th- this is before. We, we don't go into why we were talking about before this, but yeah. <laughs> we'll go into yeah, this. This we'll, is really weird. <laughs> we'll get back to this game, but uh, just a fun, it was just a fun game. Like when you don't take like the COVID issues into like effect, like you had basically the Binghamton Devils versus the Detroit Griffins, which was just fun to, it was kind of fun. I don't know. Happy for Ben Simon. Uh, first line, you know, considered, you know, continued Contenor. to do their thing. Yeah, I can't speak. I shouldn't be a host of a podcast at this point. Super fun. Uh, so we'll go into the whole reason why Ryan Fuchs here. The Islanders game, which honestly was a pretty good game. It, it yeah. was very enjoyable to watch. Uh, really good goalie battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a I have a theory that with so Matt Barzell was put in the COVID protocol in Detroit, and I love the I love the jokes that Islanders fans have no idea where he is at this point, if he's quarantining in New York or Detroit, and I, I've just decided that Detroit's traded for him, and Eisman and Lou haven't discussed it. <laughs> <laughs> they just had, they're just so secretive they just didn't talk about it. That would be well, the pairing to make a trade and nobody knows because all of a sudden Barzell comes out wearing thirteen again. <laughs> just says just says just says fuck you, Datsu. He's my yeah, number so now. CF have, uh, <laughs> comes out wearing thirteen after the after the COVID break that we're probably gonna get here. And maybe maybe that's why Zadina's in protocol now too. It was like a Zadina package deal, like for a lot more oh. than Zadina. Yeah. Zadina Rasmussen. See ya. <laughs> Dick Kaiser. Fabry off a fresh deal. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, uh, yeah. And obviously, no, no one's huge... gonna know. No one's gonna know about the trade until, like you said, he's gonna until come out wearing thirteen. Well, if you look at the, the Islanders free agency this year, uh, Zach Parise was had Islanders gear and was practicing in it all summer and didn't get signed until like what was it like a couple of days before training camp? You? He's still not signed. <laughs> he just showed up. He's playing for. He's playing for free. He's like Tuka. He's just showing up to practice. He's like, all right, please. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Paris is an e-bug. Emergency sure. backup goat. I Grinder. thought at first that if you text, text me before this game that like Parise was taking shifts at like he was like taking line rushes at center for the first line and I was I was about to piss myself. I love that. I wanted him to. Oh. <laughs> but uh honestly like really it was a really fun game. Um I thought Sorokin was outstanding for the Islanders. I don't think he gets enough credit. Agreed. Duke, who's better, Sorokin or Shesterkin? You're you're gonna get me uh, you're gonna get me heated here. <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, I think they both suck. But what? <laughs> but then again, that's that's just me. I hate how do they, how they both play. Oh, any you hate goalie, how they play. That's at different. This, at this at this point, any goalie that straps the pads in the NHL is terrible. So. <laughs> Fugue, who's the best goal? I know at one point I, I knew who your answer was, but who's your who's the best goal in the league right now? I know I used to know your answer. I mean, my favorite goalie and who the best goalie is is different. I enjoy okay. watching John Gibson the most. Okay, but that's what I thought, hands that's down, what I th- Vasilevsky is the best. I agree, he's the best. Yes, I, I I thought at one point you like I know John Gibson at one point was like top three, which he still I is agree. top three. He still okay. is. In this year, I agree. This year, I think. Okay. I don't know if I agree with I, that. I actually he's, think top, he's top five. Anthony Stoller's is top five for me. <laughs> he's a great one B. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I mean, he's been great for the Ducks, honestly. He, he could um, take the Leafs to the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. That's weird, though. You don't like – I love Sorokin. Whenever I've watched him, I, I've liked his game. 
I he, just, he's weird. So like, if you want to talk about he's that, a goalie. Game, that, that, that's true. Uh, <laughs> that first goal that he let in from Larkin. I mean, like, that's just horrible to let in. Okay. But, but like, also there was two Islanders guys that were right stacked on top of them though. Cause it's a penalty kill for Island for the yeah, Islanders. That, that was a big screen. I, I guess I, I don't know from my angle, I, I viewed it as like he he was like guessing the right position, but like he was screened, so he was off a little bit. That's how that's how I viewed it. Anyway. That's why Larkin shot it from there. But or else the it was a power play. Even, he, he what's that? The shot wasn't even going on net. It was going wide. If Sorokin never touched it, it never would have went in. Yeah, but he was guessing, I guess too, because obviously, like again, he couldn't see. It goes into like I don't know. This is how I view it again. Again, so I, I mean, you're the I, I understand. I, I just take it as it was just another one in the long list of goals from the blue line that the Islanders let in. I, I think they lead the league in goals from the blue line. So, oh, God. Drop my phone. And We're, good. We're good. That's, you know, me being a really good editor, that's going to stay in because <laughs> there's no choice but to let it stay in. Um, yeah, like, honestly, I think, oh, yeah, like a big a big thing from this game for a Red Wings perspective is Philip Sedina had seven shots on goal. In back-to-back games, which was hilarious, and he just could not score to save his life. This man, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what kind of curse he has on him, has on himself, but uh, he needs to talk to someone. Well, Genie, you and I were psychic. You, anyone? Anyone? You and I were talking about that, and like, just about the whole game in general. But I was like, if Zadina doesn't score one tonight, like, he needs to go do something different <laughs> he just needs to get out of his town for a while Maybe that's like why he's in exorcism yeah that's what like, i'm saying like he needs to go see a psychic or something he needs to start shooting the other hand like he needs to do something different yeah oh like because he was it, all over it and he, it's, it's like he was playing really well like we're not tripping him like he's playing like oh, shit yeah. it's just you know yeah uh, i had a uh, there was me and few gotten a little bit of a disagreement uh, before about a certain play that led to the Larkin goal, Fugue says that the slash on Zadina that drew the Lark for the, the the power play for the Larkin goal, he said that wasn't a slash. The one that let me let me, stick? yes, the one that broke his stick. Fugue says that's not a slash. It's not. <laughs> Why is it not a slash? <laughs> because that play happens a hundred times a game, and the only reason it was called a penalty was because the stick broke. So exactly. because he has poor manufacturing on his stick. It's called a penalty. But every time a stick breaks, it's called a penalty. It shouldn't. That's what I'm saying. Just because the stick breaks should not be the justification. But that's that's of league the standard. That's that's the rules in the league standard. And plus, where he slashed him was up. Where I mean, Zanina had one hand on a stick, but it was still up in the hands area. That's that's just league protocol. I just feel like slash. if a slash is hard enough to break your stick, it should be a penalty. Yeah, that's how yeah. that's how I view it as well. That's you, that's, that's you, the rule. Fugue's out. Yeah, he's out. He's out late here, unfortunately. Well, because like they call uh, they call slashing when like you hit the guy's stick and it knocks it out of his hands, even if the stick doesn't break. Right. That that's not slashing either. That one, I'm a little more. I'm more on your side for that sense because like I feel like they can hold on to it a little bit better. But like the stick breaking, like I don't know. I feel like that's just a, that's an easy call for a ref. Yeah. That's like I feel like that's. I agree in the sense with the the stick drop. Like, I feel like if it's unless it's like extremely hard, but if it's like a little tap, like a little love tap, then I that's ridiculous if it's a penalty. Like in my experience, yeah, literally in my experience, I remember when we were playing. It was my first year Indians. We were playing against Little Caesar or something like that, and I had one hand on my stick, and the guy literally just like sm- smacked it. I wasn't I wasn't paying attention. 
he got called, like, smacked on my hand. And I was like, oh, okay. I turned around, the ref's calling penalty. I looked at the ref, and, like, that, I had one hand on my stick. I was basically, like, not even holding on to it. He's like, well, he's still going to the box. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was like, that, that shouldn't be a penalty at all. Like, I looked at the guy. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, gotta, I, felt, I felt bad for him. Like, you want to hear, hear a broken stick story? Okay. We are playing a, a home weekend against Beltire. And it was a three-game, like, little series. And in every game, I had a stick broken over my head. Oh, that's right. I remember this, yeah. Yeah, three sticks were broken over my head that weekend from cross-checks to the, to the dome. <laughs> no penalties. Oh, yeah. It's, you, was, it like town? was it in town? Yeah, it was at yeah, Taffy. Meehan's were reffing, I'm guessing? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think Me, it was that was the guy I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, that, dude's a, that dude's an idiot. <laughs> Both of them, Miles and Murray, man, they're twins, brothers, the biggest. I love how we're, I love how we're just naming them publicly. That's really funny. Yeah, whatever. Fuck those guys. (laughs) Speaking of slashing, they gave me a terrible penalty. I got benched. Because I I love how I I lifted a guy's stick in front of the net, and he had one hand on his stick, and it went out of his hand. He got me, gave me a penalty for slashing. I was like, how can you slash a stick when you're lifting it? That's not like, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so yeah, Red Wings Islanders. Yeah, <laughs> just fucked me. Um, yeah. So, oh my god, we got way off topic. Um, <laughs> oh god, I don't even know where to. I don't even know where to go from here. It's uh, not a slashing penalty, or it is a slashing penalty because it breaks a stick. Yes. Okay, cool. We'll end with that. Sorry, Fee. yeah. Tough three-one loss on voting. <laughs> um, yeah, Cider gets another assist on this, and ugh, he's so good. I I can't say. If, Honestly, it's tough because Zegers has the really flashy play of the month, but I don't know. I think Sider should still win Rookie of the Month. That's just me. That's just me. Because um, yeah. like before before that, he he played three minutes before this, and then played the power play. The oh, dude oh that yeah, that's right. He did do that. Yeah, he had a huge shift, and like I think he maybe he might have changed for like twenty seconds. In the no, it, it wasn't as long as three minutes. I don't think, but it was like a. It was a two. Th- I remember texting him like Cider just played two minutes and thirty seconds. Then went back out for the power play. Or so maybe it was go, three minutes didn't, altogether. Didn't go back out, but he like stayed on for the power play. Yeah, it was Crazy. at least a two minute shift, and they're like because the the first unit was fresh. Besides him, we're just gonna throw the first unit. Yeah, suck it, Cider. Toughen up. Yeah, he didn't look tired at all. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh yeah. Should we talk about? Should we? Uh, Maybe you know, give Rasmussen a little credit this game. Yeah, this game, one hundred percent. Like I said, his best game was a Red Wing. I think he was like legitimately like like the goal aside, which we'll get into. But like he was like he was a, a man on the mission, like in the corners. Like he actually looked like he gave a shit to have the puck on his stick, yep. which is just a huge improvement because you know before he he it was his stick was he was afraid puck, of the fucking thing. He was puck repellent was his yeah. was his stick. He could not hold on to it to save his life. Um, I thought that line with Ernie and Zadina, like actually, like we talked about it, like might being able to work because Zadina's like, he's not getting enough puck touches. I feel like with the other line where I feel like the offense can run more through him. And this was the case, like, cause Zadina obviously had seven shots and like a lot of it was set up from him, like Ernie and Rasmussen giving him space. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Rasmussen goal two on one. And I just love how, like, he, not that like he looked off Zadina on purpose because like obviously it was the right call, but it's just funny in co- like context that Zadina can't score to save his life and it's Rasmussen scoring the goal. Yeah, so funny, but it's really good who, shot. Who gave him that dart of a pass kind of coming across the middle? Because 
um when he when he because he can't uh the breakout pass no it was a flip it was a flip i think was it It was a it was a flip from ernie yeah it was ernie yeah flip he he backhand flipped it out of the zone but to like go off of what you just said for that line to work rasmussen has to be buzzing and he was and he was buzzing that's the best i've ever seen him play and yeah to take it away from him a little bit he sucked all season he's been horrible so yeah, Fugue, Fugue knows this because he listens occasionally. He's he's been like really, really, or he was really, really good this game. Which I, is I so refreshing. I literally sent a text either to Garth or in the chat. I was like, "Who's wearing Rasmussen's gear tonight? What <laughs> other six foot six doppelganger have they found?" Because Edmondson, Edmondson was, came over early. Yeah, yeah, he switched to center. Good for him. I don't think I think Edmondson would have been better than that at center, even probably. But Ross, uh, this game though, like to go back, like kind of relay on what Garth was saying in the corners, he was actually using his size for once in front of the net. He was mixing up a bit, just just like you said, giving a shit. But he was actually like using his physical presence. He had two really hard cuts to the net that I don't think he's done all season, right? No, and that just causes all. so much chaos for a goalie. I mean, yeah. few like that would suck, right? If you have a six foot six man coming cutting to the net on you, it's terrifying. Yeah, I, I don't want him to touch me. It's terrifying. <laughs> uh, like a big story from this game. Like me and Fugue were talking about it. Quite the goalie battle. Hey Fugue. Yeah, uh, I hated Nadelkovich more from this game because of how much he played the puck. It was so annoying. Every single time the Islanders would dump the puck in, he'd be right there, and it'd be an easy breakout for the Red Wings. He's very like he's pretty solid. Like he he's done like a couple like if he plays, but like overall, like he's pretty successful at playing the puck like behind the net, which is I I like it because it gives the Red Wings like a quicker out. But like Especially also as an Islanders, I, as an Islanders fan, I'm sure it was pretty infuriating because like you want to get the the momentum going. Do you think he's like probably a top three goalie at playing the puck in the league? He's up there, I'd say. For especially how young. What what other goalies can play the puck like that good? Uh, Fugue, I'm gonna Mike Smith. Fugue, I'm gonna go to you. Uh, I mean, Carey Price is one of the smarter goalies with it. He's not right. like the flashy like hail mary pass, but he makes the right decisions. I think Nadelkovich just isn't afraid of getting into the dirty areas to play the puck. He'll he'll take a hit to make a breakout pass. Yeah, he takes that. a hit to make a play. He's grinder. <laughs> He's a seventh D man. <laughs> Is there eighth D? I guess in some games. Yeah. I would say he's probably like because the Red Wings had we had Peter Morazic before that was like also loving to play the puck, but he had some really bad blunders. I'm not even going to talk about game. Yeah, like game six, game five, or game. Oh, it was game five against the Lightning. It was game five. Oh, that, that one zero record. loss, and it was just it was like a minute thirty left in the game. Few because it's 2015 or 2016. Yeah. Was this our last trip to the playoffs or the one before that? 2016. I think it was last. It was last trip. So. Uh, he turns the puck over and Klorn has a wide open net with a minute 30 left. And the right and was Mur- last had stood on his head all game. This was a series that Howard had started the series. And yep. Howard had a really bad mm-hmm. series. And yep. so they put Mrazek and Mrazek stood on his head all series. That was the Brian Boyle save, wasn't it? Yes, it was. The pa- the but was save. that the series where Cronwell got suspended and you guys would have won the series? if he- that No, was, no, no. Get, series that before. One, that one went game seven. Yeah, it was the series before. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, if Crownwall plays game seven, we could be different no, we, we definitely would not have won. <laughs> I love like it's a joke. It's a joke between like Red Wing fans, but like generally, I don't think we would have won, which is fine. The Lightning were very good, as you know they they won rightfully so. Um, yeah, uh, Anders Lee scored, which scared the shit out of me because there's like two and a half minutes left, and I don't trust the Red Wings with third period lead. I have a like so Noah Dobson has had like a like a. I don't, I don't know how to call it, but like he's been r- like playing a lot more lately. Has he been like that good? He has been pretty good. A lot of it has been like we just have no one. Everyone just kind of got hurt and with COVID, so we've kind of Dobson just kind of was thrown into the fire and was like, "Go do something," and he's doing something now. Well, I picked him up in fantasy, and he's been really good for me. Yeah, and he takes a lot of shots a game. I mean, like. I love that. Like, defensemen that'll just shoot from the point. The only defenseman we had that would do that was Pulak. And now that he's hurt, we literally don't have a defenseman that shoots the puck. He's such a big loss, too. I love Adam Pellick, but he does not shoot the puck at all. No. No. He just soaks, he just, as Andy would say, just soaks up the pill. Yeah, he just soaks the pills. <laughs> Andy's go to. Um, I don't, other than that, like, uh, yeah, it was a 2-1 game, so, like, there's only limited things to talk about. But, like, honestly, it was a high-shooting game. Again, it was the big goaltending battle. Uh, overall, as a Red Wing fan, I enjoyed watching the entire time. So, that was cool. Uh, as an Islanders fan, I want to get a gauge on how Islanders fans are feeling currently. Well, for, like, 30 minutes of that game, it was dump the puck in, Nadalkovich breaks it out, and then you guys dump it into wherever Chara was standing, and, of course, you're going to beat him to the puck, <laughs> and then we're stuck in the zone for a minute and a half. So it was not fun. Um, there was we, there was a few shifts like that where like the Red Wings had to have like three minutes of zone time, and it was just it was always with Chara. Yeah, I got didn't Rask Ras lay out Chara? Wait, what? Did Ras lay out Chara this game? Mm, no, I don't think so. I don't think Chara. I thought he put him on his ass. I'm pretty sure. I thought I had. Wasn't there a stat? A few. No, Chara put Ras on his ass. Oh, is that what happened? Maybe. Yeah. Few. What was the stat you sent me with the shooting when Z- Chara was on the ice against the Red Wings? You sent me something like that. Do you remember that off the top of your head? Oh, I I don't remember that. I'm pretty you sure. Remember setting. In, I I think it was in the the, the Twitter group chat. I don't remember oh, me, what it was specifically. Yeah. Oh, it was like it was a, it was like 19 to like four or something like that. I don't know. I threw a number up, but it was a crazy stat. Like that Chara got just reamed in his own zone. And it was just, if Fugue was talking about this and I like, I guess I wasn't really paying attention, but then Fugue sent me that. And I'm like, Oh damn. Yeah. The, the crazy part is, is that Chara is paired with Dobson. Right. So Dobson gets all the shots for, but then somehow we're still negative in shots with Chara <laughs> on the ice. It doesn't make sense. So I guess, yeah, so I guess the Islanders kind of have a similar situation because, so Dobson's also paired with a boat anchor. Moritz Sider is paired with Danny DeKaiser. And I would say, I would argue that DeKaiser is more of a boat anchor than Chara. Ooh, I don't know. Chara's been pretty bad this year. (laughs) Chara stands at the red line and swings his stick. That's not all he does. (laughs) He's got a long reach, though. DeKaiser doesn't have anything. (laughs) It's true. I don't know. That'd be a really interesting question. That'd be like a really, like. We should do one-on-one full ice Chara versus DeKaiser. That would be really fun. Uh, I was thinking, like, if like there was a way to like only like tweet this stat to like every Islanders and Red Wings fan, and like a one-on-one vote for who's worse. I would be curious what the results are. You know what I mean? Because it'd be yeah. fair because both sides are voting. 
I'm curious to see which one would win. I had this crazy conversation the other day. This is a little bit off topic, but kind of on topic. Like okay. to make shootouts more fun or like even three on three, like you could pick the other teams like starting lineup for three on three or pick the other teams like shooters in the shootout. So like you could have like, why, tar- why, why would you do that? Like what, 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 things- in what, co- what like, context are you doing that? For shoot, I think shootouts are stupid, right? So both so both teams are picking each other's shooters? Yeah. In the shootout. So, you have, so, like, let's say the Islanders this game, they decide to go with, like, the Kaiser in the shootout and, like, Brownie and Rasmussen, right? Isn't that make it more interesting? And so, like, the Islanders, I'd pick, like, Chara, probably... Pelic. Matt Martin's definitely going in the shootout. And Pelic. Yeah, that'd be fun. I do agree that'd be more fun. The Obviously, no. <laughs> well, he obviously he, we can't, back be up goalie. can't be too crazy. Uh, yeah, that's already that idea is already crazy enough. Because like the it better. was like I forgot what the context was, but I was talking about like what if we saw like Kevin Connaughton in a shootout? That's that's where it stemmed. Kevin Connaughton. Why do you think of Kevin Connaughton? This was the conversation. It was like a game with the Panthers. They went to the shootout. I'm like. They should start doing something where it should be like you can pick like one shooter on the other team. Like they shoot last or they shoot first. So Kevin Connaughton has to go in the shootout. Like how how interesting to just wrench the other team in a shootout where you have to have like Kevin Connaughton or Zidane Ochara shooting or Dan DeKaiser. I just don't know what I don't think I don't think any team would sign up for it. Like it's I'm just saying that'd be fun for like a viewer. It would be fun. why don't we just get rid of shootouts and get rid of offsides in the three-on-three overtime? That's what I'm saying. Or, that. or at least get rid of the the coming back out of the zone. Because all, all teams do, if they don't have a right entrance into the offensive zone, they just go back to the neutral zone and regroup. Well, yeah, like, can't come across. like There's like a like, kind of like basketball over and back at the red line type thing. You can't. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. Because I think the Red Wings have got a good strategy going on in overtime right now, and we're doing pretty damn good at it. Yeah, I'm like, how many overtime games have we lost this year? I think, oh, three, I think we've lost. I think we're six right. and three in overtime. And Pretty seven, seven and three if you count the shootout. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to fit, wrap up this game, the uh, Red Wings are currently two or two, yeah, two and out against the Islanders, and we're looking to sweep the Islanders. It's the end of the month, right? 29, yeah, I think it is. I think it's next week. Maybe. No, not next week, the week after. That one's going to be at UBS, too. So, we're probably yeah, going to lose. Be. Yeah, we'll definitely lose. Uh, Actually, no. I think we've won one game at UBS, so you're probably going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have two at UBS now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll get into the fun, uh, the fun topic, which is... I actually have one more question for Fugue because okay, I just want to pick his brain because I know we got an argument over this not long ago, Garth. Okay. I want to pick it from a goalie. What are your thoughts on Jordan Bennington? <laughs> no, no Fugue, I know exactly what Fugue's going to say, and I love it. <laughs> He's the no. most overrated goalie oh, in the league. <laughs> He is yeah. so overrated. I cannot wait for him to swing his stick at like Leonard or someone, and they're just gonna rock his shit. I can't wait for it. I was hoping. Damn to be right. Anyway. Now i i don't i I didn't realize how much I actually hated Bennington until I started hanging out. Like me and Fugue started watching NHL games together. Like Fugue pointed out to me, and I'm like, you know what? This guy is an asshole. I don't yeah, like. I, hate I love antics. it. I love I it. Hate his- I hate his antics as in, like like you said, swinging a stick at someone's head and stuff like that. And he's like, if he's having a bad game, he's just trying to make it about it. Like, he's trying to get eyes on him. It's like calling out the other team's goalie as he's getting, you know, getting the yank and stuff like that. I think it's just kind of stupid. I love his mean streak. 
yeah, but he doesn't do anything to back it. Like he just called. He's like, like all talk. And I mean, I know referees get step in and stuff like that. But I, I think if like, especially if it was Robin Leonard, he'd have his lunch fed to him in a matter of seconds. Yeah, I guess. Like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's. Yeah, he and it's, it. it's, it's it's annoying to watch. It's annoying to watch. Uh, so we'll get off the Jordan Bennington talk. We'll uh, uh, we'll go to the fun topic, which is COVID. Woo! Yeah. So what's COVID? Yeah, it's true. Doesn't exist. Never heard of her. <laughs> Never heard of her. Um. So yeah, it literally uh twenty or, yeah like twenty minutes before we started. Maybe not twenty minutes. Like half. Hour. It was like two hours. Okay. The Red Wing. Yeah. The Red. Yeah. It was like two hours. You're right. <laughs> Red Wings got shut down through Christmas. Um, after was it? It was Suter, Valeno, Gagne, and our video coach. Again, a weird, a weird four. They could put on at the same time. I, I don't know. It's we, 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 we've gotten the weirdest ones. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of teams, next, like they'll have like their best player. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it better not be Paul Boyer. I love Paul Boyer. <laughs> yeah, Paulie, Paulie. Um, yeah. So I guess like. I know Eisman had like some comments that were received interestingly after like in his press conference talking about how we're te- like the testing of players that aren't symptomatic. And I see both sides and I'm, I'm, I'm really sitting on the fence here. Cause like, I don't know. I don't want to make it political. And like, I'm just sick of it. I don't know if you guys want, like, I don't, I don't think it'll like do any good to get political personally. I don't, I don't think I, it's I don't... political though. Like, it, well, like... It, the thing like he's coming from is it's all politic based, but yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I yeah. just don't see it as politics. It's all based it's on just, politics. It's unfortunate. People make it into politics, but it's really not politics. It like, shouldn't be, but it is, yeah. I get, like, so, the, the like, the, currently the COVID, like, so they test when, so it's every three days for every player, besides if you're unvaccinated, which Bertuzzi gets tested every day. Um, But if you're in enhanced protocols, you get tested every day, regardless of vaccination status. Right, and with that has come a lot of tests with the new variant with Omicron, which honestly sounds like a transformer. You can't tell me. I otherwise. thought it was. Yeah, transformers. Yeah, I'll have. A, I like... have a side story for that, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When we, I'll do this quick because I don't really want to talk about it that long because it's just like it's so draining. Um. We can like. Oh yeah, with the news. So the little rumor going around with uh, the, the Olympics, which good. I don't think we should be going. going. They're no. not going. I. I they, no way they were. Um, I guess I need to start, yeah, actually say something about this. Um, so Eisman said that he like is curious why players that are aren't symptomatic aren't getting testing or getting are, are are getting tested, excuse me. And I see where he's coming from and like I kind of agree with it, but like also you need to worry about the people they come in contact with because if they don't think they have COVID, then they go on with their life normally. But like also people in everyday life, like us, we don't get tested every day as well. And we right. get into contact with people, but we're also not as high risk. So I don't know. I go back and forth on it, like where, where I stand on it. Um, I, I think back to the instances with Marco Rossi this summer, Alex Daylock and all of that, like players have actually had serious issues with it. I know this variant isn't like, we don't know exactly, but so far it has been pretty mild issues. Just rapid know. quick. It just spreads quick. Apparently. I know I did. I did. I did a really good job right there. Just sitting on the fence. Which is like, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's the best move right now. I don't know. So, from to stay on the COVID topic a little bit, um, the Omicron. The first time I heard about it was watching Pat McAfee show. And I really thought they're talking about a new Transformers movie. 
literally that's, that's what came across my mind i was like what the hell is this because i like tuned in halfway through but earlier this week uh the nfl had gm meetings and pa meetings all together and yeah i think it was one of the rap reports i'm not sure which one covers the nfl the most but one of the rap oh, reports, um, ian? 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 ian yeah yeah so he's he's a regular guest on pat mcafee's show and he was saying that the GMs voted for this and it was going up to the PA for them changing their league protocols because much like, well, like the NHL, the, I mean, well, obviously they're bigger rosters, so you're going to have less guys fully vaccinated, but their percentage is pretty compared to the NHL. Obviously Bertuzzi is the only one that's not vaccinated. Right. But so in the instance where um, they're, numbers are like 250 people are testing positive and then across the nfl mm-hmm. I which is higher and, and, but like also they have bigger rosters like you said right so but what the gms have voted on is that if a player tests positive and is asymptomatic that they'll still be able to play just with isolation like they'd be in the in their like own version of the locker room have to wear a mask when they're on the sidelines and stuff like that and I'm, my viewpoint is, I'm kind of a fan of that, because like in a way, because, I mean these teams, they're like there's money to be made and stuff like that for the players themselves, right? And if they're asymptomatic, they're feeling fine. Like put it this, so the example that Rappaport put on was for the Lions last weekend. They had two guys test positive for COVID. They were asymptomatic, couldn't play. They had two guys that were ill with the flu tested negative but they still played and they felt like shit and they got two guys that were or sorry they could have played sorry but they didn't because they felt like shit but the two guys that were playing or that were fine with the tested positive with covid they felt fine couldn't play they didn't have an option at all yeah that's really interesting it's like interesting so like the nfl's thinking about doing something like that and they I, there was a release that they changed some of their protocols but it's to be further voted on mm-hmm but if they go through with that, I see other sports leagues following in suit because the NFL kind of runs the pace, sets the pace for that. I'm really glad you brought this up because it's like a, I, I meant to write this down. I didn't. Uh, but yeah, Gary Bettman is the epitome of monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. He never makes the first movie. He's the, like the biggest lawyer ever. He always waits for someone else to do something first. So I would not be surprised if the, if the NHL goes into a protocol like this. Right. Um, like more like that. Um. Also, Friedman and Merrick also talked about the taxi squads coming back. Yeah, which, which we mentioned a little bit last week, right? We did. We did mention it a little bit last week. Yeah. Um, I, I think at this point you need to if if this is going to keep being the protocol. Yeah, like it, depending it depending on what your move is because like obviously it's very hard on like because always a third goalie the goalie's not playing at all. You have guys like it'd be probably for the Red Wings. Let's say it's like Barber, Hirose, Chris Colo, most likely, right? Yeah. In theory, Witter. just throwing names out. Witter, Witter, Witter enough, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's just hard for those guys because, like, obviously, like, like they don't play as much, and it's just, I mean, they get paid the NHL. Actually, no, they don't get paid NHL money. Technically, they're part of the AHL roster. Yeah, so you're not playing. It's 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 tough for those guys for sure. Um, I don't know, Fugue. What do you like? What do you think on this? Like, obviously, the Islanders were one of the first teams to have a really big outbreak this year. Well, uh, Trotz actually made comments today after our ga- after the game against Vegas today. He basically said that the Islanders in Ottawa were guinea pigs in this whole situation to gather data for the league 
So now that all the other teams are experiencing problems, they have like a proper course of action about it. That's a really, that's a really good way of putting it. That, that's, like also, yeah. also, I'd also throw in San Jose in that scenario as well. Cause San Jose didn't get shut down at all. They had seven guys, I think in the beginning of the year, I know they had like three AHL defensemen playing at one point. Um, but yeah, that's a really, that's a really interesting way of putting it. Again, with all the situation, like this whole, like all everything with COVID is we're flying by the seat of our pants. Nobody really knows what's what we're going to do with anything. Um, yeah. With the Red Wings being shut down, uh, we already had one game canceled with Colorado on two. Was it Monday or Tuesday? I don't remember. So all we're canceling at this point was a game of Minnesota. So honestly, not a huge deal for the Red Wings' sake. So it's only rescheduling two games. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting trying to reschedule everything due to because the Olympic break. I know obviously it's a huge Olympic break, but a lot of the venues booked concerts and stuff because they were told to. Right. So I don't know how they're going to make up these games. Honestly, especially the ones that are cross border too, because there's no cross border games through the new year, or well, basically to to the new year, right? Either, and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, this yeah, it's sad. Mostly, like I'm glad all the most of the guys are doing well, which is like what's most important here, right? Right. So, in that sense, I'm glad everyone's okay. But like, yeah, it's just a shitty situation for the league, and it's not like whatever way you twist it, it's not great. Like yeah. you could go whatever way possible. It's a tough conversation for sure. And obviously I'm not a doctor. To my knowledge, you three aren't doctors. So I, I'm glad I'm not the one making this decision. Right. Like a doctorate it's... in really bad hockey takes. That's true. And we're gonna we're gonna get off this boring topic, I think, unless anyone else has something to say about it. Grant, I don't Grant, I don't know if you want to touch on it at all. I'm good. Yeah, it's probably yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know if there's anything like we can give her like more opinions on it but like i don't know i feel like it just it's basically going in circles for it's all reasons. up in the air exactly exactly um let's get a fun like we brought fugue to talk about islanders but like fugue is also the king of random nhl takes which i love that's what i love about fugue um so i have a few things um so with taxi squads fugue yay or nay on taxi squads i don't see the point in it no See, I kind of agree with you, but also me being a Bobby Ryan fan, I kind of want the taxi squads to come back because Bobby Ryan has basically said he's only going to play for the Red Wings and Steve Eisman needs to sign Bobby Ryan to play. He can be in the taxi squad and I can be happy. That's my like that's that. my view on it. I like that. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm strictly only doing it for that. That's why, don't, the reason. why, why doesn't Eisman uh, just do uh... – what the Islanders did for years, we just carried guys on PTOs the entire season. We had Lucas Spies on a PTO for like a whole season. He just showed up to practice with the team, basically. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, we did. I remember that when Luke, uh, Seidenberg I remember when... did that too. <sighs> Dennis Seidenberg. <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember. I remember in Moritz Sider's draft when he was compared to Dennis Seidenberg, and I was very sad when our sixth overall pick was compared to Dennis Seidenberg. I was like, Dennis Iberg was a good defenseman in his day, but he's not a six overall defenseman. So it hurt me a little bit. Um, we had, there's a bunch of fun news. Uh, well, Jacob Chikrin. I oh, honestly ahead, don't understand, like, the whole PTO thing. Like, how does that make sense? Because I almost see every day the Griffin's posting that we've signed Max Schumitz to a PTO. 
we've released Max Humans from a from his PTO. <laughs> we've signed <laughs> Max Humans to his PTO. Hey, I think it's a alum, baby. That's Go that's blue. been a Please six blue. time thing that he's like it's been like six times this year that he's been signed to a PTO and released from his PTO with the Griffins. I, I love Max Humans. I think it's something to do with the amount of games, if I'm guessing correctly. It's kind of like ELC. Yeah, well, basically, you make league minimum on a PTO. That's what the deal is. So like when Bobby Ryan was on a PTO for this year, he's making league minimum for like those weeks he played. But like right. also, it's not like a contract. It's not guaranteed. He can be released whenever. Um, so Game I think that's contracts kind of, in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know how exa- I don't know what the, the limit is and whatnot. So like I'm curious how Lucas Pisa did it for so long in few. Yeah. Well, we we, re- we like kept him on a PTO up until the trade deadline and then Garth Snow would be like this is our deadline acquisition here's a real contract for Lucas Pisa Garth Snow he he put a bad name to Garth for a long time not and not a good not a great goal honestly and then was it Garth a bad Brooks GM come out the- that's a that's an interesting take that I'm really curious about he wasn't a bad GM he traded Griffin Reinhardt for Matt Bars for a first round pick Okay, that is true. That's I guess that does get you some credibility the, at any point. The entire Islanders roster, for the most part, is draft picks made by Garth Snow. Interesting. Okay. His his big, like, the thing that held him down was he never made that acquisition to acquire a, a player that we needed. So, right. like, we traded Matt Molson, uh, a first-round pick, I think, and someone else for Thomas Vanek, who – we ended up flipping for Sebastian Kohlberg and like a fourth round pick to the Canadians because he just was not good with us. Okay, there will be on my podcast. There will be no Thomas Vanek slander. Thomas Vanek I, is one I of said my favorite. He was not good with us. Okay, he was good great with the Islanders. Yeah, you know what? You better you better apologize right now to Thomas Vanek. Thomas Vanek is my favorite random Red Wing of all time because the Red Wings legitimately like brought him in one year, traded him at the deadline, and then like two years later. Hey, you want to come back? And he did, and we traded him at the deadline again. It was hilarious. Mine was Merrick Zidlicky. Merrick Zidlicky honestly was kind of good. He had a cannon from the back end. I remember it was like one of his first games against Pittsburgh. He was he was running the point in the power play, and he like you know wide open pass. He said nah, and he ripped it from the top of the top of the blue line. I might make a Merrick Zidlicky saucer pass with the Red Wings montage. But like his curve, like he didn't saucer pass on purpose. He was like literally slapping it, and it happened to be a saucer pass. The weirdest yeah, saucer pass ever. And then I'll yeah, add was like his hip check on Tom Wilson in there. Oh, that was a good one. I do like that very much. Um, we have a couple more things. Uh, Jacob Chikrin. Uh, trade rumors. Sounds like it's a lot. Uh, like, I feel like the Islanders like would be a team that, like, if, like, if circumstances were a little bit different, like, would be the perfect setup for Jacob Chikrin right now. Yes, but I don't see Jacob Chikrin ever being traded. At least not now. There's really abs- there's no reason for them to trade Jacob Chikrin. Why? I think I've... they've publicly said we're building our team around Jacob Chikrin. Okay, so this is I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna zone this Red Wings wise, but um, so for the Red Wings, like we had Anthony Mantha. I know obviously not as good as Jacob Chikrin, but hear me out. Um, well, big thing with Eisman is the is the timeline. So Jacob Chicken right now, I'm pretty sure is 23, 24. So you think so by the time so your players mostly hit their primes by what like 26, right? So are you telling me the Coyotes are competing in the playoffs in three years? Yes. Yeah, Phil Castle. 
Yeah, Phil Kessel, yeah. So if you that's just my point, like to get more draft capital to actually put more pieces and more players age ready to their timeline. I'm not saying Jacob Chickren's bad at all. Like he shouldn't be traded. Like and on the other team, he's the guy you build. Arizona is that bad. (laughs) Arizona is that bad. And like I don't think they have much of a choice. They had uh, stick taps real quick for Blake Spears played in his fourth NHL game. Clicks boys, clicks. Yeah, he played the other night, and uh, I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dog shit. Well, yeah, you know. That's, like, my only point. Like, I think Jacob – like, I think of the world of Jacob Chicker, and I think he's a very good defenseman, and it's unfortunate his numbers have kind of been hurting this year playing for such a bad team. Yeah. But, like, I'd pay, like, as a Red Wings fan, like, I know exactly – I wrote my package what I'd, what I'd trade for him right now, and I think, honestly, probably more. But um, I wrote down – you tell me like how much off I am ready. So the 2023 first Joe Valeno, Albert Johansson, and another first. I think the rumored Islanders package was more than that. I'll give us a little context. So like Joe Valeno is hoping to be a third line center, right? Albert Johansson, who's in Sweden right now, Fugue, is probably a top four defenseman and then two first round picks. So yeah, like, it's not like I probably should give more into that considering like more guarantees, but like, what was, what was the Islanders rumored one? I don't remember what it was exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was the uh, Atu Ratti guy from Atu Ratu. Fin- yep. Yeah, that's absolutely tearing it up. It was him, Bull Duke, uh, and I think two firsts. And so I know there was one other person attached to that. It's a pretty similar Andrew. package, though. Andrew what I just laid out. Andrew, yeah, Andrew Ladd coming back. Yeah, for sure. He's got, <laughs> he's got four goals in the year. <laughs> just to get Fugue. buried again. Fugue. He's got yeah. more goals. goals than Palmieri, Parise, and Bovillier combined. That's what I'm saying. And Bailey. I, th- I think you need that production clicks. back. Clicks, boys. Clicks. Yeah, Andrew Ladd. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I got, same thing with Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller also falls in this position. Also, Clayton Keller is extremely overpaid, but we won't get into that. But, like, he's another guy, like, in that age slot. Like, I just don't know, like, how, like – I mean, I guess you need, like, some players. Like, the same thing with, like, the Red Wings and Dylan Larkin. They need a couple guys that, like, have been there and done that a little bit. So, I guess you can kind of view Chickering like that. Like when they're good, they're gonna need better. Like Chickren doesn't can't be the guy like you're looking for to lead the like lead the team in every aspect. See, I feel like yeah, like you said, I feel like Clayton Keller's that guy. I mean, he shouldn't be making that much money, but he's been in Arizona, and it seems like he embraces the Arizona. They culture. also have to hit the cap floor too, so. That's, right. Well, I'm saying like for him to get <laughs> traded, he makes way too much money to get traded. Oh yeah. Okay. And I think like he's a good person to take over as or like be a captain of Arizona and like you build off like him being like your leader. Cause he embraces Arizona. Yeah. I just feel like Bill Armstrong is playing. He's doing the easiest part right now, which in, when you go to NHL 22 franchise and you decide to be rebuild, you trade all your good players, you get a bunch of picks. That's why they have five second round picks. That's the easy part. The next part is picking all those players, signing them to contracts and actually competing. And when you don't, when you have, when your arena is in a city, which literally tried to kick you out to a week ago and you don't pay your taxes, like you don't pay your taxes as an organ, as a million dollar organization. And you're, you know, you haven't been good really ever. I just don't see, like, I don't see how prospects are going to want to stay there. Yeah, unless they like golf. That's true. Unless they like golf. That's why you really aren't going to want to stay there. If you're trading them away when they're 23. 
I know. That's what I'm, I, I know. I guess I, I understand where you're coming from. Like the chicken era. Like I'm also like saying from the fact that they'd be able to get more pieces for the future that fit their timeline. But also I understand like I'm kind of contradicting myself. I think they should trade them hundred percent. I, I, I think I so agree. too. Um, and I also don't I, think Arizona, I don't think Arizona should be playing in Arizona. They're shipping their ass to Houston. That's where I think. I would hate them in Houston. I want them in Arizona. Why? Because <laughs> there's a team in Texas already, and I think that's stupid if there's two teams in Texas. You realize how big you realize Houston's like the third biggest city in the US. Don't care. Well, mm, oh, Houston's a it. boring city. Houston, the boring city for being the third third most populated city in the US is yep. boring. It's boring. That is a take. It's boring. I don't want a team in Houston. I'd rather a team in Quebec City. Okay. There's many issues with going back to Quebec City. Don't care. First of all, you have fans pulling from Montreal. Second, yep. the issue with Quebec City in the first place was sponsor money. That's why they ran out of money. That's why they relocated to Colorado. <laughs> they have the arena, sure, and like you'd have your hardcore fan base, but like sponsors would be weary of getting back into that. They'd, it'd be the same thing again. They'd lose money and you move. My issue is Gary Bettman continue, continuously decides that Arizona, as much as they fail, as many owners that they have, is still a product worth pushing which I just don't that, agree with at all. That one tweet or meme or something like that, I saw it's like, get find someone that loves you as much as Gary Bittman loves the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> Honestly, though, like <laughs> Atlanta had literally not as many problems as, as Arizona, and Atlanta got shipped out immediately. Yeah. We should bring yeah. a franchise back to Atlanta. I'd honestly like that more than Arizona, and I'm, I'm completely honest when I say that. Did you, have you, Fugue, did what do you, you hear? Oh, go ahead, sorry. Did you hear Biz's take on it, though? What did he say? I, I, I'm curious. He said, so for them, he's like, the, where they are in Arizona right now, they're out where uh, fucking, what city is there? Can, uh, Glendale. I understand. I, okay, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know the issue with travel. I know it's an hour yeah. so for most said, fans them, to commute. Bring them back to Scottsdale or Tempe or somewhere in there. But he where said, are they playing for the next four years? They don't well, have an arena. Yeah, but did you hear? It was kind of a it was kind of a good point on business point, but also very Mickey Mouse, where yeah, the Arizona, the old, the Arizona State, or the old thirteen thousand arena, whatever thirteen thousand right. seat arena. Yeah, he said go there, which doesn't he have said, press boxes. It doesn't matter. The Joe barely had a press box. It worked out very well. I'm just yeah. I don't know. because he's like, there's a lot of. His point of it's it is extremely it, Mickey Mouse to me. Yeah, it's Mickey Mouse, but if Batman wants them to stay there and it could work, like he said, just pack a 13,000 seat arena, get your heart, build your hardcore fan base, start making money, and then start drafting well, finally, for one, like Barrett Hayton. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, start building your fan base and then like because the arena they said would be built in like two or three years so you use that arena down there build your fan base and get the people coming in because also like a lot of people retire down in scottsdale like the hockey down there for for minor hockey and stuff like that is apparently like especially with austin matthews and stuff it's it's on the rise Mm -hmm. so like if you take if you look at it as a hopeful i guess uh, what was like what biz was saying i kind of see his point I'm like okay it makes sense if you're to do that but also very mickey mouse very like it's not it's not going to be 
making money for the league or for the team if they still right. put a shit product on the ice. Literally the only reason why the NHL has revenue sharing for owners is because of Arizona. Because they just lose money hand over foot every right. year. Um, Fugue, what is your opinion on this? Like, I, like I feel like I'm crazy here. I feel like you got to keep the team in Arizona oh just God, because no. you, you, you can't take them out of there. You've already poured so many resources into keeping them there. You can't take them out. Okay, so, you're, so you're, your opinion is dig a bigger hole and then hope it fills up. I don't know. The, I, I just, the, the hole is already as big as it's going to get. I think there's so many, like, there's so many diehard fans in there like, that are just Yotes fans, and I just think it's shitty just to take that away from them. I disagree wholeheartedly about that. And I the Red, I feel the Red like Wings they, playing the Red Wings playing in Arizona is a prime example. A they, Red Wings team that has that, not been good for Andy years. Said, like what Biz said, the Glendale thing. Like I think if you bring him into Scottsdale or Tempe, it's gonna be different. Okay. I I just see every time the Red Wings play in Arizona, the half the arena is Red Wings fans. That's which is, should majority, never happen. That's, that's like majority, majority of the Red Wings, right? yeah. Yeah, Red Wings have a strong fan base. Always Red Wings have. have such a good traveling fan base. I agree. But like uh, most, like some arenas, like I don't think most, like they don't go half and half with many arenas. Besides Arizona, half and half. But like you look at Florida, Red yeah, Wings Florida's are a half, half there. Yeah, Florida's. I don't know how they. I don't know even throughout having great teams the past couple of years, they still only put out like 70% capacity. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. The stadium's atrocious to get to. In, Is it? The, yeah. I didn't the know Panthers. that. I know it's in Sunrise, which is, I know most of the fan base is in Miami. Right. But, um, yeah. I guess I'm just, yeah. I guess I see this a little differently. I just don't know how it works. I don't know. I think I think they should try it by bringing it back into this like Scottsdale area, closer to Tempe, because then you get the two colleges, ASU and University of Arizona, that are close by where you can give them student deals, like student package deals to get into the games. Also, your your it's more busy in those areas. Plus, right. plus, like another thing is a lot of like your Canadian people will travel down to Arizona for the winter and that's where they are for the most part. So they'll go watch a couple of games, especially if it's tickets are so cheap, they'll go watch it. And that, that will create more, more of a buzz around them. I think in the bigger area. You said yeah. there's, there's an arena there with that packs 13,000. I feel like 13 that's something. something. That's yeah, something. It's going to need to be fixed. It needs to be fixed up a little bit, but yeah, well, that, that's an arena that could be good for the coyotes to have like a full stadium. So yeah, yeah. My, so so like I guess so before they drop any plans for permanent rank, I want to like I, the the NHL Gary Bevin should what he should do be like all right you have a one year tryout, prove to me that you you deserve to stay in Arizona yeah as much just, as your that's last just chance. not something Gary Bevin would do I know he's a coward but I, I'm I'm this is my my I'm me if I'm Gary Bevin and like I'm trying to play devil's advocate because I would have moved to Arizona two years ago but that's just me um. But you tell them you prove prove to us you can actually make money, or not not bleed money completely, right? In this scenario, and we'll keep you there. Because again, like every there's the the I think Coyotes have had six owners since being moved from Winnipeg, which in that amount of time is ridiculous. That's what twenty six years. No less than uh, they moved in ninety six. 96 so 20, okay yeah ni- after the 95 96 season yeah yeah that's right so 
yeah, that's just, I guess, my full opinion on the Coyotes. Like, I, I get why, like, people want to keep them there from growing the game that way. But also Houston, you can make the same argument for Houston in that sense of growing the game in that sense. So is, is there, like, a big, like, hockey want in Houston? Like, are there a lot of kids that grow up playing hockey in Houston? Well, that was the same argument with Arizona at first. There wasn't a lot of kids that played hockey right away, and you grew that. Right. But the only thing is, like, because that comment was brought up or somewhere where I read it or heard it, but the only thing is if they go to Houston, they're starting from scratch again, where at least they already have that found, at least that foundation in Arizona where they can keep trying. Yeah. Which I like, it's a catch 22 either way. Right. Like, yeah, I suppose it's a double edged sword. It's double. It's a, it's an Andre 3000. Right. Grant? Cause there's, yeah, they're still going to be horrible if they go to Houston. It's not going to change anything. Right. Yeah, no. The, my, the dream, my dream scenario play. my dream scenario is they just disband and it goes back to 31 and then every team gets to pick from the players it's like it's an nhl fantasy like thing it'd be hilarious that would be kind of cool <laughs> it's like a random uh, drawing it's like oh the red wings get the first round first overall pick we'll take a jacob chicken for free the dispansion graph not expansion yeah yeah dispansion draft. well they yeah they could do that like draft lottery basically where you're picking from like so yep. like Buffalo gets no, Jacob because Chikrin. then no, because then the Rangers are going to get the first overall pick again, <laughs> and then they're going to get Jacob Chikrin. And then I got to hear Jacob Chikrin to Adam Fox for the next twenty years. <laughs> uh, I I also share like more recently. I've also hated the Rangers more. I don't know if it's more that I'm friends with you now, but like I just don't like the Rangers. I hate their the fan base is so delusional. It stinks. They stink. Yeah, yeah, they stink. <laughs> I, I had a Rangers uh, yeah. fan try to tell me that Chris Kreider is a better net front guy than Anders Lee. And I, I, I don't even know how to like take that seriously. Yeah, yeah. Anders Lee is probably like, he's the best net front guy since Thomas Holmstrom. Uh, Chris, you, Chris Kreider spends more time in the front of the net because like he's always 30 feet off sides, but that's about yeah, it. He has, he has more time in the zone. I yeah. love like Joe Pavelski in front of the net. Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, a, that's like. A, that's a fair comparison right now for like and him and Anders Pat- Lee or are... Patrick Hornquist. Like, two oh, that's true. It's a good one as well. That's a good one as well. Yeah. But but those three between those three, yeah, Chris yeah. Kreider is not nowhere near, nowhere near those three. Nope, nope. And uh, Elmer Soderblom, Elmer Soderblom when he makes the NHL. Yes. Uh, a couple of quick things. Uh, yeah, Paul Maurice randomly just said, "You know what? I'm done." That was funny. Like, yeah. He, so it was interesting. Because his brother skates at a skate I skate with, skate at. No way, really? Yeah. And Do you have some inside information? No, he, I just asked him, I said, what does he say? He goes, uh, I asked him, I was like, what, what the heck is going on there? He goes, he just told me he's just, he finds his, something's not working and it's, he thinks it's him. He's not to blame, he's not blaming his players or anything like that. Like, and the players love him now. Players all have said, like, it's not him. It's just what's going, like, what we're doing, but. Just weird. I respect that's that. All he, like that's the only comment he kind of made. He's like, he was like, yeah, he just felt like they're not that they're not listening to him, but that he's not working like for them anymore. But he's been their only coach in this version, you know, like in this since they moved to Winnipeg, right? Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's what, it's so yeah. I was like, it was a breath of fresh. Like all the clips I saw, like was extremely honest, and I really like I liked it. Yeah, but he looks Love. generally like he looked generally like done. Like he looked upset. Look, yeah, he looked 
like, yeah, exhausted kind of like in the sense of like, he like he well, from what his brother kind of hinted at, he feels like he's been a failure. Which I don't know, like, like he's he's loved by a lot of the players that he's that's ever coached him all around the league. But you know, kind of the same comment we made uh, a few weeks ago: like coaches are hired to be fired, right? Type of thing. Like when Bruce was hired. And stuff like that. So, yep. Every I think coach... he'll, with that honesty, I think he'll get a job pretty quick whenever he wants. I think. I think so too. I mean, he's done. I mean, he brought that Atlanta Thrashers franchise to a fairly decent, fairly successful franchise in Winnipeg in the sense of putting entertaining hockey on the ice for what he had started with. Right. Yeah. Correct. You know, and uh, they've you... been decent. Fiu, what'd you think of it? I've always loved the Winnipeg players, and I always was wondering why they weren't able to be better i mean i'm not going to blame paul maurice i think he's done a great job but i've always like thought like there's something else there like, how do you have blake wheeler mark um mark shifley kyle connor nikolai ehlers not all being around a point per game yeah yeah that's true that's, I just, yeah, that's- they have such a cup contending team every year and then you have connor hellbuck back ending that too like i i've never like few said, I've never understood why they can't especially, get past well, especially when they especially when they had like don't, their decor was don't tell me you don't like Connor Hell. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he strapped up the pads in the NHL game. Few does not like him. Yeah, no, no. Few few has like really weird takes about goalies, and I just don't get it. I, I'm a I'm a I have to enjoy watching you play. Otherwise, I'm just gonna sit there and be like. What you're doing should not be working, but it is. So, like that—that's why I like watching. So, Dominic like, Hasek dog shit. So, why, why, why do you not enjoy like watching Shesterkin play? Then he's like be, makes, because like, he doesn't. So, w- one of the big things that you're taught at as a goalie is to lean forward, and he doesn't lean forward. He's very like straight up, straight, straight up with his body, and it doesn't make sense how. I, I mean, he's extremely athletic, but it just doesn't make sense otherwise. See, I would argue he's probably a top three goalie this year. Me hey, whispering you're, you're in the microphone. Right, he's yeah. he's my Vesna pick currently. Yeah. Well, I mean, his injury set him back a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, him or Markstrom for me. Markstrom's been really good. I love Markstrom. Okay, if you don't even say anything about Markstrom, okay. No, I was gonna say I I, I think Markstrom and UC Soros are one and two. But yeah. UC Saros has been really good. He is That's really true. good. I saw his stats from like since last year. Like he's at like a nine thirty nine. Ridiculous. On, on, on Nashville. On Nashville, which is a Doesn't major accomplishment. Roster. Yeah. No, they do not. Uh, and like they're somewhat. They're kind of like the Red Wings. Like they're bouncing between like the wild card right now. They kind of like keep bouncing in and out. But so that's Ooh, really they're amazing. way ahead of the wild card right now, aren't they? Are they? They have like I... eighteen wins or seventeen wins. Ooh. I think it's Minnesota and then Nashville yeah. and then Winnipeg, I want to say. No, Winnipeg is the same record as the Red Wings right now. I think it's the Avs now. The Avs have been on a surge. I think Winnipeg's – I think you're right. Winnipeg's wild card, I think. They, I think they literally have the same record as the Red Wings. I think they're 14-11-3. and three. Or no, the Red Wings have 13 losses, right? They're 15-13, I think. Winnipeg's 14-11-5. Yep. What are the Red Wings quickly? 15 and 13, uh, I want to say. 15, 13, 3. Yeah. Okay. All so right. it goes Minnesota, 19, 8, and 2. Nashville, 19, 10, and 1. St. Louis, wow. 13, 
uh, 17, 19, and 5. Oh, that's right. St. Louis has been sneaky good. Charlie Lindgren randomly is like, let me be 5 and 0. Yeah. That was, I, I love, I kind of, I, I don't like oppo goalies. You? I hate oppo goalies. It, it's so weird. Yeah. I, I think it was even weirder. The Blues signed um, John Gillies. John Gillies. And they traded him to the Devils. Yeah, he comes in, stops like 39 of 41 in a shootout win, and then gets <laughs> traded like the day after. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, yeah, the last thing I want to I want to bring up, unless Fuchs got something to say afterwards, but uh, uh, Red Wing prospect Cross Hannis pulls off the the Zegras pass last night. Yeah, that was uh, did you guys? Oh my god, did you see that or now? I did. Yes. Oh my god, it, was it better than the Zegras one? Because, like, the, the guy that Hannes passed to, he, like, the guy pushed off of the other defenseman and, and like, made room for himself. Yeah. Like, in that Doesn't... sense, like, I saw a couple of people say that, like, they think it might be better, which Did is hilarious. Did you see interview? No, I didn't. He's talking about how, like, they had a chance to do it in, this like, the second period or whatever, and they, like, joked about it during intermission or whatever. They're like, yeah, we should <laughs> do it next time. And, like, next time you're behind the net, we should just try it. And... Like, it was a complete joke, he said. And then they got in the situation in the third, and he's like, I have, like – because he said in the second he was behind the net for 20 seconds and didn't know what to do with the puck. And so (laughs) in the third, he just decided to do it because why not? And it worked. Yeah, it's hilarious. Torch doesn't like it. And he said said they were smiling the rest of the game. Yeah, hey, hey, that was bad for the game. Yeah, Torch hates it. Mm -hmm. Torch, I think, is actually going to have – Did you see what Torch, like – um, he yeah, he like, came, yeah, he like he apologized to like Zegers saying like he didn't want any negative attention to, towards him, which I respected. Like I kind of liked what he said. Um, well, I, I like that he's not straying off of his point and being like, yeah, I was completely. I like that he's like stands by himself. Like, yeah, he's wrong, but he, he's, he's wrong. But I'm like that. I like that he's not just like changing his attitude about it because everyone. Yeah, all, all he said he was like he didn't want any negative light on Zegers. Which he thought I, it was creative. I, I he like just that. doesn't like the play. Yeah, which fine, whatever. He doesn't like. I, I, res- I respect the, like that he has an opinion that people stray from. I just think it's wrong, but and I think it's cool that like what he said. Did you see that? Like he was pissed that Zegers texted him at two in the morning because <laughs> he's on. I did not. I did not see that. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I texted Zegers and he didn't respond till two in the morning because they're on West Coast time, so it must have been like after a game, and <laughs> he was so like. Funny. I said, yeah, never text you at two in the morning again. <laughs> Zegers had no clue that happened either. He's like, uh, oh, sorry. Zegers is like the, like, the, like the coolest dude. Like, he does not care about anything. Yeah, yeah he's zero, awesome. zero fox. He's kind of a space cadet in the sense uh, of, if like, we If we wouldn't have taken Mort Sider in I 2019, s- I would have been so upset if we took anyone else but Zegers. I say all the time. I told you this, like, a year and a half ago. If we would have, like, traded down, I don't know what cider, like, if there was a team in, like, the top 10 or top 15 that we're planning uh, on I, taking I, him. So, okay, I, I, you finish your point. I, I can follow that up, but go ahead. Uh, I said that we should have traded down or traded for another first-round pick within, like, the top 15, got, like, cider later, and then took Zegris at, like, six. Mm-hmm. Like, so, how insane uh, would that be if we had Zegris and cider? I wrote about it in a previous article, but – uh, it came out that Ken Holland was actually going to pick Cider at eight. Really? Yeah. yeah. He he wanted Cider bad. 
So maybe I guess Ken Holland knew what he's talking about. So obviously it wasn't like as much as like Eisman, like we want to credit Eisman for it. Like obviously he made he went with the the call of the scouting staff, but obviously Holland knew what he wanted in the group there and influenced his pick, and that's who he wanted. He wanted Kosa too, but he waited too long. He did wait too long. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I guess uh, if you get any last po- any other things you like want to discuss before we wrap up. Uh, I guess I just have a question for all of you because I got into a, a discussion with my teammates. What do you think is more important for NHL players? Do you think they'd rather win a Stanley Cup or do you think they'd rather go and win an Olympic gold? European or North American? That's a good question. I, European I is Olympic. That, that, changes, that changes the answer in my opinion. Yeah. I think North American is Stanley Cup. I think European is Olympic. Yeah. I think it's pretty easy. I had some opinion. teammates saying that, like, they think that Connor McDavid would be, like, one of the players that would go against the NHL backing out of uh, the Olympics because he's only going to have so many chances at winning an Olympic gold, and their Oilers are not in a position to, like, win the Cup this year. I feel like Connor McDavid would be more of a Stanley Cup guy myself. Yeah. See, the thing is with I would, America, I would fall. I, I would fall. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut. Uh, I'll go, uh, I'm just gonna finish my point. I guess uh, Crosby would be the guy I think of in that sense. But go ahead, Andy. Yeah. So um, for Canadian kids, Stanley Cup 100 percent because the real juniors is the Olympics, and the real juniors is kind of bigger than the Olympics. And McDavid's already played and won there. I I actually agree with that. World Juniors is the Olympics, kind of. For the Canada, especially for Canada, Canada. yeah. Well, because you're going into it, and then your life after that is the NHL after World Juniors, and that's Mm -hmm. what you're satisfied with. And so that's like a that's where you get scouted too. It's an under twenty Olympics. Yeah, it is an interesting question, though, for sure. I I was on board with the Stanley Cup, but I was looked like an alien for suggesting that the NHL shouldn't go to the Olympics this year because God forbid the NHL doesn't get the international exposure in China. Really? The the country that <laughs> legitimately locked up a, a tennis player and she changed her opinion on China like three months later when she was found again. Weird. Well, she was finally found. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Stick tops. Good news. Good yeah. News. Yeah, good news, but she now she supports China after, you know, you know yeah. being missing for three months, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, I was going to say something I forgot. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, with my writing job, kind of ended, but uh, be on the lookout tomorrow for a writing piece from me. Uh, I'm not going to say where, but uh, World Juniors coming up. I wrote about the World Juniors and nice. all the players that are going for the Red Wings, so. Be on the lookout. Um, yes, so let's so we'll finish up this episode. Uh, Ryan Fugue, thank you so much. You're the best. This Thanks, was a Steve. pleasure, and I will gladly come on to talk about how bad the Islanders are. Let's do it, man. They play again a couple weeks. Awesome. It'll, be like, it'll, be like Car- it'll be like what we did with Carson, because Carson literally came back on like three weeks after, because the Buffalo and the Red Wings played like three weeks apart. I think the Islanders and the Red Wings play, they play the 29th, I think, because it's like right before uh, New Year's Eve, I think, because the Red Wings always play on New Year's Eve. So I think it's a game before that. And that's the last time they play all year, I think. Just just devastating. It's true. Uh, yeah, 
this is going to wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, subscribe on basically all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at TPL Pod. And yeah, thank you everyone. Thank you.